1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL,
1: America's fastest-growing TV brand.
0: Hockey! Yeah! Yeah.
1: My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. All right, welcome into a one-timer episode of Judd's Hockey Show. It is Zolgad, as always. It is Declan Goff and, um... Declan, there is one reason why on this Saturday morning we have decided to convene the Judd's Hockey Show committee and uh, do a one-timer. And it really, I'd like to be clear here, because hockey's a sport about um, team, right? Like, oh, the team is always working hard. It's not about one player. It's always about the team, which is, right. which in hockey parlance is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that being said, the honest to r- remove all the BS, this is about one person. One person and one person only. <sighs> Kirill Kaprizov, my man. We have, as far as I'm concerned, we have a superstar on our hands here. Patrick uh, and a 4 nothing win against the Arizona Coyotes on Friday night at the X. And um, I believe it was our friend uh, Patrick Donnelly who tweeted something along the lines of, this is the most impactful rookie in Minnesota. So, yeah. not hockey. Among the men's professional sports teams. Since Moss. And you could argue, I suppose Peterson in 07, sure. who, yeah. who was damn good. I mean, stepped in. You know, Justin Jefferson this year had a really nice year. We all like him. We all think he's going to be good. But I'm inclined to agree with with what Donley said about Moss, and here's why. Um, Moss one changed the game itself, yeah. which I don't think Caprisov is doing. Don't get me wrong there. But he also changed the team and he changed how people felt about the team. And he brought so the Vikings in 97 going into 98 had been successful, but were sort of boring. Like they had some good players, but they weren't really a sexy team. And it felt like the fan base had grown stagnant at that time. And so you didn't, it didn't feel like there were a lot of new fans coming aboard. It was the same fans. Moss completely changed that. And that's where I think Kaprizov is making a difference that we have not seen since Moss. I think Kirill Kaprizov. Because the wild what has been boring. They have not been terrible, but they've been boring. Yeah. They have been vanilla. I really believe that this kid is going to bring a whole new crop of fans aboard. And and as us hockey guys know, most importantly, Dex, I think he's going to bring a crop of sports fans aboard who probably previously weren't really hockey fans.
0: Exactly. Um I, I do think he's probably the most impactful rookie that we've had since Moss. You now the Wolves haven't had anyone like this. Mauer's hype and Buxton's hype was good, but you know, they all they got injured or they got off to slow starts. I mean it it's night it's not even really comparable. Um AP, yes, was an absolute monster and a beast, but there is the Vikings were still also they were stagnant before AP got here. You know, they were five hundred under Chile. They weren't they weren't really no one was really expecting it, but at the same time, I mean, he had some big performances. I I would say he's above Adrian Peterson, but you can put him right there on the list of Jefferson, Moss, AP, and now Kirill Kaprizov. And it's insane, man. I mean, they're tied going into the third period. It's been mostly just kind of a meh, boring Friday night game. I'm watching a baby. My sister tasked me with watching the, the baby nephew. I get him down, and then he scores the first one. Okay, great. But the second one, Judd, that second goal was... I mean, that was the Minnesota Kurils. That, he, he's, you may as well change the franchise name to the Minnesota Kurils, Judd, because he, he took the entire game over. What? It was 0 0. And then the last 14 minutes of the game, Kuril Kaprizov says, Hey, let me just get a hat trick here quick. It was unbelievable. It was he, a, he, he's so good. Yeah,
1: it, it, it was the definition of, of just sort of a grinded out, boring game. And it's also, Dex, the definition of a game that this franchise at home. Has lost a thousand times, right? Yeah, backup like it's zero, goalie. Yeah. It's zero zero. Cam Talbot's in. You know, let us replace Cam with the name Devin Dubnik or Alex Daylock, right? And and the Coyotes take a shot from the point, and it goes off somebody's skate, and then it and then goes in. And oh my goodness, the Wild lose one zip or two, two zip if there is an empty net goal. But this is the di- and this is the difference when you have a superstar. This is because you're right. So let's go through that second goal. Like let's just go through it, yeah, and talk about that second goal and how many players in this franchise's previous before this season, Declan, nineteen years, could have scored that goal. Uh, Kaprizov. The, so the puck is in the puck is in the Coyotes' uh, zone. Kaprizov steps off the bench and sprints towards the puck. He essentially then corral[s] the puck and takes it away from a Coyotes player. He then proceeds through um, through his uh, strength, through his ability to handle the puck, and and some of the most unbelievable work on a on the edges of a skate that I've ever seen. Like he does this all the time. He then proceeds to play keep away with the puck, rat, uh, wraps around behind the goal, goes probably what you would call what medium slot and rips a shot all while never losing the puck I mean this is could Gabrick have done that because I mean get Gabrick's the one name that we're going to now I think Gabrick was a star player with Mm -hmm. a ton of potential but one he played the majority of his time here in a different league because that league was all about uh, trapping and that league was about being boring as possible I mean until the lockout in 0405, the National Hockey League was on a death mission to kill yeah. its product. It was awful. <laughs> yes. And Gabrick, it's not his fault, played in that system. Number two was Jacques Lemaire wanted him to play that style, right? So if Gabrick could do some of the things that Kirill is doing, I don't think he was allowed to. That's assuming he could do it. Um. So when I go superstar, when I go transformative player, I'm also talking about the era in which Kaprizov is playing what he is allowed to do and I have never seen this before from a player in a wild jersey and it's now become consistent like he's not this is not fluky stuff like you're not this good by a fluke you're this good because you are this good to your
0: point about Gabby um and it being a trap game and a boring style and as you said death march to kill its own sport um It it was I think also at the same time because it was so boring and Gabby was so flashy and and so quick. I mean, Gabrick wasn't the fastest skater, but he was one of the quickest. He was he was insanely quick. So when you would see him be able to take a puck and go on a breakaway, and I believe he he met the All Star game. He was the he won the fastest skills competition for fastest player. Um, you the game was so boring that he it was an extra excitement to see Gabrick do that, right? But with Kirill and with this franchise being mostly lacking that presence, lacking that star. I mean, I, when I was watching the game, what what I had the epiphany of, and I know we've, we've talked about this before, but it goes to the point of how many people just loved Mikhail Granlin and, and love like, wow, watch what Granlin can do if he has space and open ice. And then you watch Kirill Kaprizov. I don't know how you can say, wow, Granlin was a special player. Like, you know, like it's, it's night and day different because, and that's what popped in my mind when after he scored the second one because I was thinking, my God, like, yeah, Grandlin, you know, he was insanely gifted. And if you put him on an Olympic sheet ice, I bet he would have he thrived. Um, and he has thrived. We've seen him thrive on Olympic sheet ice in the Olympics before. But what caril has been able to do is insane. And Judd, I, to the point, what was it? 12 games into the season, and Caril was playing well, but he wasn't shooting a lot. Uh-huh. And he, he was being a distributor. He was still putting up flashy plays. And we said, you know what? You need to shoot more. And it's okay to criticize him to shoot more. And in those 11 games, he only had 17 shots. So that was basically a a shot and a half a game. Over the last 14, he's now averaging three shots per game. And you're seeing now hat tricks. You're seeing more goals. This is why we
1: asked Kirill to shoot more, because you get even more from him. Eight shots last night. Eight shots. Eight shots, shots, which which I I believe is as high for this year so far. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Another difference between a a guy like Granlund, who's very good, and Kaprizov is this. Granlund to achieve success, needed room. Like, his starting space had to have room. Kaprizov does things, and, and I think it's because he's so good on his point. edges. Mm. Kaprizov does things in a phone booth. Like, right. look at, and he, it's See everything. Dex, he, yeah. he made a pass, not last night. I believe it was in the Vegas game. It might have been Wednesday night. He made a pass, and it didn't result in a goal, I don't think but it was a pass that he made with his stick basically almost against his chest. And it was a gorgeous pass. And I said to myself, how do you make that pass? Like most guys have to extend their stick a little bit, right? Just to get comfortable to make the pass. But this guy plays in a phone booth and he is fantastic. 23 points now, which of course leads all rookies. And he is, he is running away with the Calder trophy. Uh, 10 goals now, again, eight shots last night. Let me ask you this, because um, I saw this today in, in uh, Russo's story in The Athletic. Okay. So you're playing the Coyotes, okay? I wouldn't consider them a special team. I wouldn't consider them a team that scares me. No. Um, I will say that when you beat Vegas back-to-back, coming back and playing the Coyotes, it probably can take you a while to get going, because the atmosphere on Wednesday was a playoff one, and yeah. obviously if you're playing Arizona, it's not going to be – the same. So I can't say I was completely surprised that the Wild didn't get off to an impressive start last night uh, coming off the two games that they were. But according to Russo's story, the um, Zuccarello-Kaprizov-Rask line, and and Mats continues to be as far yes. as his chemistry with Karel goes, absolutely outstanding. That line played at two shifts and 48 seconds in the first 11 minutes of the game, because of line matching that Everson was trying to do against the Coyotes, yeah. Um, can you explain that one to me a little bit? <laughs> like, like I, I get, I get the desire to match lines and do that, but I don't think, unless I'm off my rocker here, yeah. And tell me if I am. I don't think Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala should be held to a, oh yeah, son. I'm sorry, it's not your time to yeah. play stance.
0: Look, Dino, Dino, as we like to call him, um, is pushing all the right buttons right now. He really yeah. is. He's doing a right. great job.
1: But, the, and, but we need to bring this to the forefront on yeah. our show because most people that talk about this team will not talk yeah. about
0: this. And I think him and Bill Guerin have this, you know, basically Frankenstein atmosphere with the Wild where they have, they have hodgepodge this, this great cre- creation, and, and, it's, and it's thriving. Um, look, if you want to match lines against Vegas or even Colorado, um, and you want Eck out there and you want Felino and Greenway out there, and whomever it is to shut down top top fast guys, I get that that makes a lot of sense to me. So if that means Kaprizov isn't playing as much against those a, 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 as much against those teams to start at least, I can understand that. It's the Coyotes, man. For God's sakes, Phil Kessel had four breakaways and still couldn't finish at the net. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I mean, he had two on the same shift. Oh my God! And, it now was, Cam Talbot, who we could talk about, played really well. Yes, we will. But Phil Kessel had two breakaways on the same shift.
0: Yes, which um, which
1: which if I'm Dean, I'd say my line matching's not going very well. Let's play ninety-seven.
0: Yeah, I I just to answer your question, I really don't know why Dino would be trying to basically play matching lines with an Arizona team, which is better than the Sharks and Ducks, but isn't going to be you know scaring anyone anytime soon. And they got their backup goaltender, and if anything, I'm I'm going full throttle. There's a guy who's made two starts all season. I don't know why you aren't going all in on it. So it was very strange. It was very strange.
1: Yeah, and I I just don't agree with taking um dynamic players off the ice unless there is a damn good reason to do so and that line has played well and Kaprizov is not it's not close he is your best player yep um Cam Talbot okay let's talk about because how many times last year did you give me the stats about how horrible the wild goaltending was and Dubnik and Stalock were awful um let's talk about a great problem this is a fantastic problem, especially in a season that is so condensed as this one and has so many rapid-fire games. Cam Talbot clearly was incentivized by how well and has played last night. He was not... I wouldn't say Cam Talbot was outstanding, but I thought he was very solid. I thought he was very good. After a layoff, he also grew, it looked like, more confident and comfortable as the game progressed. My point is... We've gone from from a season ago basically saying, oh my God, who's going to start in goal because it's going to be a disaster to, you now have, have two solid options and if they continue to play like this, you have a great problem of there not being that clear cut. This guy starts a ton and this guy does not. I agree that Kapo should have started Wednesday against the Golden Knights because he had played so well in that first game. But, but what you would have hoped happened, happened, which yes. was Talbot said, okay, bleep this, I'm coming back and playing well, too. It, th- this is as big of 180 from the 2019-20 season, Declan Goff, as you could possibly get.
0: Yeah, this was a big performance for him. Um, I, and I'm glad Dino put him in. I'm glad you gave him the start on Friday. You can split this up. You don't have to pull a Devin Dubnik and run a guy out there for 38 consecutive starts or, or, or start him 95% of the time you had to figure out a time to get Talbot in and Talbot had a great start. And also, you know, I know going into the game, his numbers weren't great, but I thought they were deceiving. You know, I, I made the point to you that he wins his first two starts. He, then he gets COVID. Then he has an early has an injury. Then he has COVID. Then Capo starts playing well. Like every external factor was working against him. He wasn't, he wasn't hurting his own game. Everything else was, was, was getting in the way. And for him to come in and make a big start against Arizona and pull a shutout, I thought was huge. Yes. I still, Capo is still your number one. Um, it's, I think I think someone asked me two weeks ago during the last homestand, you know, who is one and who is two. And I said, 1A Cam Talbot, 1B Capo Kakinen. If anything, I think I've, I've flipped that. Um, it's, it's 1A Capo Kakinen, 1B Cam Talbot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, w- I would even say going into a playoff series, Capo gets games one and two. Like, it w- I'd be shocked if he didn't get games one and two. Now, if he if you're down 2 0 well in the series, if Capo drops both games, yeah, that's probably when Cam Talbot would come in and start game three. Uh, but at the same time, Talbot causing a good problem to have here because the Wild were going to get better goaltending. We knew that. But if Capo, who's basically also putting himself in the rookie of the year, candidacy, if Cam Talbot can just be Cam Talbot,
1: just yeah. be league average, yep. this is a great problem to have. This is awesome. Okay, the bad news last night. Okay. And th- this is this is potentially one piece of pretty bit bad news. Um, I believe it was in the first period. Brodine takes a shot. It hits... Um, marcus felino in the right the boot of the right skate felino who is as, as tough as nails uh goes down he gets off the ice but barely like he he barely gets off the ice um he, he gets to the far end of the wild bench where he can't walk at that point they look at, at him there and then at the next whistle he has to be helped off putting no weight on that right leg to the room according to uh Russo's story this morning in The Athletic. He left with a boot on and oh. on crutches. Yeah. Um, th- this probably means that Marcus Johansson is going to get back in. Felino is out. But the problem here is Marcus Felino brings a ton to this team. He's had a really nice year. Uh, and from what we saw last night, it sure looked like something might be broken. And I could see him being out for an extended period of time. And that's not going to be, considering his skill set and what he does bring, an easy guy to replace.
0: No, um, it won't. And look, he's he's scoring points this year for the first time. I mean, he's been damn good on that line. That line's been a, was been a shutdown line. has been shutting down opposing lines. Um, that would be a significant loss. I mean, it's not losing Fiala or Kaprizov to that degree but you're losing a very important person in the room. We talked about on Wednesday, what is off the ice presence has meant for the team. Um, yeah, th- there's concern there. And maybe this is an opportunity for Marcus Johansson to come in and start playing well, and maybe you can trade him. Uh But, but at the same time, um, I would rather just keep seeing Marcus Felino stay. I would rather see Marcus Foligno stay healthy and, you know, Marcus in the, pre- or, excuse me, Johansson, two Marcus's uh, to uh, Johansson in the press box. So, yeah, that, that's that's a blow to the wild because I think Felino brings a lot to this team, and I'm, I'm hoping he's going to be all right. But, yeah, they're going to be without him. Are, if he's in a boot, Judd, I mean, he's out for at least two weeks, if not more.
1: Okay, let's do something fun here. Let's talk okay. line combinations now potentially with Foligno out because right. we love – Judd's hockey show loves a lot of things, but we particularly love one thing, line, line combinations. combinations. Okay. okay, so if Felino is out, Eck and Greenway almost certainly stay together on the same line. And the question becomes: Who becomes the right wing on that line? May I submit to you that the right wing on that line, he doesn't. He's not a perfect fit for what they do, but I think he deserves it. Kevin Fiala, Kevin Fiala, right wing, uh, because Kevin Kevin Fiala flat out. And, and I told you this on Judd's hockey show that we recorded on Thursday, and I will continue to bang the drum on this one, Declan Goff. Ryan Hartman has turned himself into a center that yeah. I really like, and he works his ass off. And yeah. he and, and again, he has a a skills. Big, he also skills had a set.
0: very, very, very good game last night.
1: Yes, uh, but putting Kevin Fiala, who I still consider to be an elite talent, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not saying he's Kaprizov, but he's, he's not. He is an elite talent um, on a line with Zach Parisi and Ryan Hartman is selling Fiala short. Yeah, Erickson has much more of a skill set offensively than. Hartman does now this would mean that Fiala would be also on on a line that goes against some top lines but that challenge might not be a bad thing but I do think that this is the I I'd like to see them at least give him that chance because I don't think Kevin has done a thing that really deserves being on on what is without question a third line yep uh and
0: look Kevin Fiala has spent the majority of his time with Joel Eriksson Ek this season. So I mean, he spent he has spent more time with Ek than any other player. He has spent over 111 minutes with them. They've had positive courses. They've they've been on they've been plus two in in terms of goals on and goals off. So there there has been chemistry there. I, I would say it would make more sense to put him with Ek, who is a grinder and Greenway. And yes, there might be some defensive deficiencies in Fiala's game that would that would maybe hold back what Ek and Greenway would like to bring. But I'd rather just see, like, put Johansson with Hartman and Parisi. Just put, like, it doesn't matter, you know? Like, also, I know Johansson has a little bit more defensive prowess. He can play a penalty kill, so it, it might make more sense to just literally swap in Felino for Johansson. But I think it would be much better for Fiala's game, who also was a little quiet last night. Him and, he almost had a power play goal, but he 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 had a quieter game. Fiala did last night. Um, I'd rather see him get back with Joel Eriksson-Ek and and possibly score more goals.
1: Yeah, I could see putting Johansson with um, with Hartman uh, and Parise, or I could actually see bump- bumping him down t- to the fourth line and promoting Bukestad to the third line, right wing. I, I mean, Johansson's going to be rusty. And I've got to tell you, Dex, like you said, for the most part, when he was healthy and playing, it wasn't like he knocked our socks off. But I, I am more concerned about putting Fiala in a position as much as possible to succeed because yeah. Kevin Fiala, I think, works hard. And I think that there's more there consistently that they can get. And they're probably not pushing the right buttons there. So, all right, sir, it, unless you have final thoughts, we're done with this uh, one-timer edition of Judd's Hockey Show. And I'll tell you right now, as long as Kuro Kaprizov continues to play like this, we'll be back a lot more often with one-timers because this and, is incredible.
0: And Judd, as we close, line charts just come in as as we're, as we're literally just doing. So oh, you lines got him? Have, I, got, nice. I got them right here. Um, Kaprizov, Rask, Zuccarello. Okay, Greenway Hartman Fiala. So they broke up Eck and Greenway. Greenway Hartman Fiala. Hold on a second. Eight.
1: So eighteen thirty eight twenty two. Yep.
0: Parisi Eck Bugstead. I don't like that one bit. Parisi Um,
1: Eck and oh, they're trying to get Zach going.
0: Yep. And then rounding things out, Sturm Benino Johansson slash Luke Johnson as the extra skater.
1: Sturm Benino Johansson. And then Johansson. I don't like these at all. I hate these. Well, why are you... Why don't you give uh, Fiala... Eck? Uh, and by the way, uh, Zach might just be cooked. Like I think he is, man. He is but, cooked. But I mean, there's no... Oh, yeah. I'm not... I guess I'll have to uh, digest these more. But, um, yeah, I... I don't like putting... Yeah, Look, Hartman <laughs> – I, I like Hartman, though. I don't want to rip him because he's a good – I think he works really hard, and I think he's a he's brought something. Uh, but Fiala is potentially an elite-level le- talent, and I think Eriksen is your best center. Yeah. And so and, – and I think, Dex, if I'm not mistaken, you made this point a few weeks back. I think your point is – and it's right. Kaprizov can create by himself. Like, he can play with Rask. Yep, he can. Uh, Mats helps Kaprizov a lot. Yes. But Kaprizov can take the puck and do things that most human beings can't do. Yep. F- Fiala needs somebody. Like, Fiala needs that. He needs a center. Uh, and I think Eric X is his best shot. Yeah, I don't like this and at all. Ryan Hartman, to me, is a, is a grinder. And Zach is a grinder now. Yep. I, that's who Zach is. Zach Zach Barrizi still works hard. He's just a grinder. Zach Breezy now has had the talent basically stripped away. Yep. And he's left with what he's always been, which is he is a grinder at heart. I mean, his dad JP went into the corners and grinded oh, yeah. things out. Yeah, um, yeah. I will have to digest this because I'm just <laughs> seeing this for the first time. Yeah, but I don't think I really like the the Hartman line, and I don't like the Erickson Eck idea, and I don't think getting Parisi a spark is very important at this point in time. I would not. I'd prefer to have him basically play on. I I would rather I would rather take the chance of seeing if Hartman, Parisi and Bukestad can actually lock down top lines. I agree. And and, and to experiment with with Eck, um, at least early in games, coming off the lockdown, and like give him the second line. This might sound crazy, but give Erickson Eck the second best line of each team. Yeah, and, and allow him more offensive opportunity with Viala and greenway i agree because because i think you can basically tell parisi hartman and bukestead just tie guys up and i think they're gonna work hard i agree so anyway yeah i gotta digest okay. that more but all right it. judd's one-timer with breaking news you gotta love breaking news <laughs> online combinations uh, declan go ahead Pass shoot score